The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, and a psychologist, that's Steve. Botch free. (laughs) The podcast where we try to solve your long-running relationship issues in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing tonight, Steve? I am feeling a bit smug now that that was not a botched intro, even though you prepared me for botching the intro before we even started recording. You had so little faith in me, James Breakwell. I'm disappointed in your disappointment. That is called reverse psychology. The the student has become the master. <laughs> but what we haven't mastered this week is is the question, which is oh, once again... Oh, oh, the Segway black belt. Yes, the, the question is coming from our greatest question asker, me. Because there's been something I have seen pop up way too often on the internet lately, and I need you, a psychologist and relationship expert, to settle this. What do you do if two people are in a committed relationship, a long-term, living together, and one absolutely wants to get a dog, and one is dead set against it? How do you resolve that dispute? You can't pull a King Solomon and get half a dog. What's it going to be, Steve? (laughs) Good pull and reference, by the way. There's, not, there's a couple of issues that have no resolution in the middle, like someone's going to have to win and someone's going to lose. If this couple presented it to me, I would always start by asking, why why against the dog? Like, what what is it about a dog? Like, are there... Sometimes people don't want a dog because they have some misperceptions about a dog or they got bit by a dog when they were little and they're not sure how this is going to work. Like, there might be things that we can work through with the, the person who's against the dog. If the person who's against the dog is dead set against and can't really even articulate why they don't want one, and uh, this is uh, a lot of the answers I get sort of come down to, I don't know, I just don't. And then I, I'm sort of dead in the water. I don't even know what to do with that <laughs> answer. But the problem is going to be that the person who doesn't want one has to be the winner. If they have a, a strong enough feeling against it and the person has a strong enough feeling for it, if they end up getting a dog, the one who's against it is going to end up sabotaging that dog and that relationship, and they're going to have the dog pooping on the floor and then grousing about it for four weeks afterwards. Like, it's going to end badly for the person who wants one. So I think what I would do if I were trying to maneuver this, and I couldn't get a, I don't know, a more workable answer out of the one who's against it, is is there something that the person who has a need to nurture a dog or have a dog, is there something that they can get in its stead? Uh, can they get a cat? Can they get a big cat that acts like a dog? Can they get, uh, I don't know, a bird to talk to? Like, is, is there something that will satisfy that need? Could they get a pig? And I know there's <laughs> only the psychopaths among us that would answer yes to that, but uh, uh, for example, well, a pig, God, I hate to bring this into something that makes Breakwell look good, but <laughs> a pig could satisfy that, could scratch that itch enough, and it's not a dog, and yet it's still an animal that you have to kind of take care of that's reasonably intelligent, and that remarkably resembles James Breakwell in a lot of physical features. But <laughs> is there some middle ground the person who needs one can get to so that they don't end up resenting the person who doesn't want one? But 
Starting point always for me would be, why don't you want a dog? Let's start there and figure out if we can kind of work through that some to where you would be okay with having a dog or at least neutral on it. Or, or not neutral, that's okay. But at least uh, like mildly don't want one rather than dead set against. I don't know if that answer satisfies you, James, but that's that would be my approach. Well, nothing you say ever satisfies me, but that was close enough. <laughs> we'll go with that for now. I actually think it's, it's a pretty good litmus test of a relationship where you get those zero some uh, questions early on because I'd rather torpedo a relationship over whether or not to get a dog than over whether or not to uh, get a you know have a kid or whether or not to relocate across the country for a job I mean there are going to be situations in a relationship where you can't compromise where both people can't come out winning where you have to go one course or the other and a dog is a relatively easy one to do early on I mean it doesn't take you nine months to grow a dog in your stomach you can just go and get one from the humane society and that's that uh, and to figure out if you've got what it takes as far as the reasons I do think uh, you're on the right track there you got to figure out why somebody doesn't want them are they allergic and when it comes down, down to that are they really allergic or is it just one of those things well I've never really liked dogs and so I say I'm allergic so there's a lot of that going around I used to be allergic to like literally everything in the world and I kind of outgrew it I think I, my body just gave up trying to defend me from pollen and dogs and everything else so <laughs> I, I lost that excuse uh, also I think you can tell a lot about your partner by how they interact with animals if, you're, if your partner can't Ooh. show affection to an animal, uh, what does that say about how they're going to interact with you or coworkers, friends, or maybe even eventually children? Uh, sure, so I, sure. I think it's it's an important debate to hash out, and I think it's okay. And this might sound crazy, but I think it's okay to end a relationship over the dog issue because I think in a lot of ways it's the tip of the iceberg. It's it's leading into so many other things as far as conflict resolution, as far as nurturing, as far as making long term commitments to something that's going to live for twelve or fifteen or twenty years. That that uh, if you're going to have a stumbling block, make it this one and, and you know get out while there's still time if you can't uh, settle it one way or another. Uh, what do you feel about people who get a dog as a stepping stone to a child? Is it actually a good indicator of parenting behavior or is it totally unrelated? I don't understand that point of like if we can take care of the dog, we can take care of a kid. I Dogs have a whole different set of needs. Like, you can stick the dog in the kennel yeah. all day while you're at work and not think twice about it. And what I understand, what the cops explained to me, was that that's not a good thing to do with your kids. But I, I will say, James, one thing you said, if uh, the litmus test, I don't disagree with wholeheartedly, but I will say there... If someone is allergic to something, I think that is a legitimate reason to not want one. And I don't think the person who does then want one will end up resenting the person. Because you can't really control no, your allergy yeah. to dander. Or, like, uh, I'm pretty allergic to cats. Now, I happen to not like cats, but <laughs> it's hard for me to tell if I don't like them because I've never been around one because my parents always knew I was allergic to cats, so we were dog people. But uh, if my wife wanted a cat, I would say no because I'm going to be miserable if we get a cat. And, and frankly, now that I say that out loud, she might get it anyway. But <laughs> my wife doesn't like cats either because she's also allergic. But anyway, I think an allergy is a legitimate reason, which is why I'd want to start with why do you not want a dog? If that's the reason, then I think, well, there's not a lot we can do about it. Let's just keep moving in that direction instead of trying to satisfy the other partner. Well, yeah, and allergies are uh, a real reason. I, I didn't mean to imply that there weren't. I just What I meant was there's varying degrees of allergies. I mean, there's people like me where I, when I was little, I had to get like 27 shots to figure out all the things in the world I was allergic to. And the answer was oh, all of them. I was allergic to all of the things. <laughs> 
And then later in life, I was, you know, I was in my 20s and 30s. It's like, I guess I'm just not allergic to anything anymore. And then there's people who you know, think they have a few sniffles. They're like, well, I'm probably allergic to dogs. Let's not get one of those. I think I think it's just like anything. There's a, there's a spectrum of allergies. There's a spectrum of, you know, resistances and the spectrums of I can't get a dog versus I don't want to get a dog. So just make, right, right. make, make sure it's definitely legitimate there. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, people, and, and they certainly get as attached to dogs as they do to children. The emotional component at the very least is there. Uh, I've uh, been reading some forums lately on, on divorce. Cause those are always just fascinating. If you want to see the best and worst in humanity come <laughs> out and, yes, and, yes. and I've seen more than one thread where people had an easy time figuring out who got the kids, but they could not for the life of them agree on who got the dogs. And I don't know what that says about us as a species that that's the part <laughs> we can't sort out, but it's definitely a real phenomenon. Have you ever had dogs be a deal breaker with the people you've been counseling? No, it, uh, I've never gotten to that point with them. That's something they would work out with an arbitrator or with, or a mediator or with their attorneys. But I will say that, that that point brings credence to something you said earlier, which is the way you treat animals is a good indicator of what kind of human being you are. And I do think we treat animals in a way that reflects how we treat other people. And sometimes animals bring out the best of us, but I think people, uh, if they're mean to animals, they tend to be people who are sort of snarky as humans, like they're, they're just not very good people to interact with. People who are nice to animals tend to be a lot more approachable than people who aren't nice. So I think if you get a partner, and that's one of the indicators of sociopathy in kids, is if they're mean to animals, like cruelly, sadistically uh, mean to animals, like that's a bad sign of no empathy. And low empathy plus high agitation leads to bad things. I'm not saying people who are mean to dogs, just kind of uh, being sarcastic with them or something, are going to be sociopaths. But, yeah, that's not a bad indicator. Like, uh, I think that partners do kind of assess each other on those kinds of continuums, and that's a good one. Well, there you have it. Uh, you heard it here first. Don't be sarcastic to your dog or you're a psychopath. I'm pretty sure I heard you correctly on that. Okay, and don't own a pig. I'd say leave the pigs for me. I can I can handle those. Well, if you if you have a question you'd like us to solve in 10 minutes or less, you can send that in to James Breakwell at Exploding Unicorn. Uh, dot com that's exploding unicorn with the e and it doesn't have to be a marriage question it can be uh, it can be best best friends employee uh, employee and employer whoever employees work for it can be pets we're, we're here to solve problems even if I'm the one <laughs> suggesting them because let's be honest my questions are pretty awesome this has been another episode of 10 minutes to save your marriage and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back <laughs> <laughs>